Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Episode two of the Mets Exchange podcast, a podcast primarily speaking about the New York Mets, uh, but also covering all things baseball. Ken, I think just to start things off, uh, jumping off of the last podcast, I listened to probably about 10 to 15 minutes of it, and I realized something that <laughs> I said a lot of names wrong. And they're, oh, they're, no. they're not coming to uh, my memory at this time, but I, I remember listening to them, uh, to the first podcast that we did last week, and just oh, thinking, man, that's, that's not someone's name. <laughs> but we just went along get with you it. Beat up. That's the that's one of the my, that's one of my least favorite things about sports fans is like if you don't say somebody's name correctly on the first try, then you must not be as good of a fan as I am. And then everybody right. gets on like their high horse of their fandom. It's very frustrating. Well, so that's Lou, how I was I growing up you. with you and I hockey. forgive you as I know. I'm sorry. I know that now. And that's the problem with hockey fans even now who are much older than I am and still can't get over themselves. But yeah, uh, yeah Lou, I, I forgive you. I forgive you. And Thanks, I, as a white man, speak for all other white men. So you're good. Thank you. We need you out there. I'll, yeah. uh, as I continue doing research for this podcast, the Mets Exchange, I keep thinking, oh boy, this is what we got. I keep thinking about the New York Mets in the year 2021 through the lens of MLB The Show, where there are probably going to be a couple players that are uh, in the 90 range out of sure. 100 and there will probably be many in the 80s and that's good yeah. enough to get you there in a video game but when i when i do the research and i look at the depth chart i start getting nervous and i think it's because there are some players that are now on the injured reserve list or that will be coming back we don't know what we're going to be uh, expecting but overall i do think this team is pretty promising you had some words that you wanted to retract back on from the first podcast yeah, if you want to go yeah, on. Yeah, I want to be – I just want to be clear. I, I don't want to be pessimistic about the season because I do think this is a good team with with a fair amount of potential. I think it's a playoff team. It's playoff caliber team, let me say. But I think maybe last week it came off as a bit pessimistic because I was maybe a touch disappointed in the offseason. Maybe there was some, some – I mean, listen, it was good offseason. We talked about that last week. I gave it a B. I gave it a B plus, right? That's a good off season. You, hey, geez, me? I'd walk away with a B any day of the week. But, right. like, you know, we're talking about expectations here. And I think I think I was clear about that last week. And I want to be clear again because optimism is good. That's the point of being a fan. I'm a Mets fan. I don't, you know, pretend not to be. You know, if you're going to be optimistic, if you're going to be a fan of a team – you need to know what the expectation is, right? If you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, sorry to crisscross sports here, who are just lost as an organization, right? Totally lost as a franchise on their seventh head coach in nine years after drafting a franchise player three or four years ago. Like you're confused, right? Your expectation was that you're going to make the playoffs and start competing for a Stanley cup, maybe last year, maybe this year. Right. And now you're back at the beginning of a rebuild again and your expectations yeah. are all over the place. And that's where I think the Mets may have some difficulty because we're talking about expectations of winning a World Series. That's what the expectation is now for this team. Yeah. Not to make the playoffs. I right? think if it's the expectation not is to win a World Series. If it's not this year, then it, it certainly has to be next year. The the Mets as a team, um, asset wise, do not have many. There are not many players that can be traded. And when you're when you're mulling through the contracts, uh, a lot of players in our, are in arbitration. There's not a lot of trading assets or chips to make this team better, which is one of the concerns. But on the other side, we do have a ridiculously dumb, stupid, rich owner that yes. is willing to literally spend the GDP of uh, some countries to make this team better. So yeah. we got to take, I guess, where, you know, 
your, your wins and losses where they come and maybe we get lucky some players take a leap as we mentioned last week too yes and this team and lou we're, we're about to jump in and maybe i'll just lead this conversation straight into the opening day lineup because yeah, i think that's kind of where we're headed but i i, I want to say i think this team is betting a lot on bounce back this team is betting a lot on further progression right right it's betting a lot on on regression back to where career averages are it's betting a lot on that right and i think that's a good bet if you asked me two seasons ago oh god i get so burpy when i'm on this show i don't know what happens to me yeah you start talking but i don't know i it's like the first time i met my meat lips have moved in in six days <laughs> so this is big so you know, if you talk about Edwin Diaz in 2019, right, had like the worst season of anybody that anybody could ever have imagined, right? Yeah. When you talk about him going into 2020, he's not going to be that bad again. But just, yeah. it's it's almost impossible for him to be that bad again, right? So his regression is going to be a positive regression, right? Because he's going back to the average of his career, which is going to be either just fine or maybe even pretty good, right? And you know his ceiling is even higher than that. So when I talk about a lot of people bouncing back or regressing to the mean, right, some of these regressions are positive, which I guess it can't be considered a progression because you're still coming back to the median, so it's still a regression. But it's it's one of those things where you're talking about Pete Alonso, right? You're talking about Jeff McNeil, two guys who are cornerstones of this lineup, right, who need to come back to their career center, right? Yeah. And now with Alonzo, he's a third-year player, so we don't know what that career center really is yet. Yeah. You're betting on it being his rookie year, Pete, right? And you're hoping that it is. You are praying to the heavens that it is. So when we talk about this opening day lineup, and Lou, we're leading into it right now, when you talk about this opening day lineup, there's a lot of bets mm. being made by this front office and by this managerial team that they are going to bounce back or at least – settle in to career averages we're going to go through it one by one i imagine but there's a lot of question marks throughout this line i agree and so the the method for what i'm going to read through uh is roto champ i'm assuming part mm -hmm. of the roto world network so i can we both agree that this is a a, a barely credible source here uh, yeah it's 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 scraping by. it gets it gets the job done uh up, oh, you just froze. Are you still here with us? Oh yeah, can you not hear me? Oh, now you're back. All right, you just froze a bit. Oh boy. All right, so here we go. We understand that this is um, this is credible, so that's fine. The, the numbers I'm going to read off. I'll, I'll I'll ask that comments are held um, after I'm done finishing with the lineup, and we'll go through the projected noted. stats. Can I be like the people? Can I be like the people at graduation though, where you say, "Please don't applaud for your for your child." Oh come name, on! And be, this will be literally quick. all, literally all four hundred of them stand up and clap. Okay, this, this I'll be will quiet. be quick. This will be less than a minute. Um, some high level okay. observations right now. Roto Champ has no one batting over three hundred, uh, and also has no one stealing more than ten bases besides Francisco Lindor, which last week we spoke about. Two of the three main weaknesses of the Mets for 2021 are their inability to steal bases, hit for contact, and then obviously what's not captured here is defense. But let's get into this. Uh, ladies and gentlemen named Ken, please hold your applause till the end. Batting first, we have Brandon Nimmo uh, playing outfield. I think we'd assume that he probably plays center field. Uh, they're projecting for him to hit 16 home runs, 52 RBIs, six stolen bases, batting a 
smidge below 250. Next up, Francisco Lindor at shortstop, projected to hit 30 home runs, 85 RBIs, bat 270. Then Michael Conforto in a contract year, uh, along with Francisco Lindor. So at two and three, you're looking at possible big money sporges right there if they remain on the team. Conforto, you'd assume, stays in his natural places of right field uh, projected 30 home runs 91 rbis batting 263 followed that clean up pete alonzo at first projected 41 home runs so as you said we are hoping he returns to the rookie year pete alonzo 105 rbis batting 250 then followed by uh, one of your adult sons dominic smith who is, is a good mets flex player if they go the way of the dh yes I, this lineup tremendously or exponentially gets better if the dh is implemented because dom smith fits perfectly right there but projecting to hit 22 home runs 78 rbis hit 263 followed by jeff mcneil 18 home runs 77 rbis batting 292 uh obviously in that all-star season you saw him hitting over 300 and leading the league in average he would be followed by a jd davis uh, projected to hit 18 home runs, 58 RBIs, hitting 263, followed by newly acquired James McCann at catcher, 16 home runs, 53 RBIs, batting 242. Ken, I have to make an assumption here. I don't think you're going to argue a lot with the placement, the positions, uh, and the projections of this team right here. It's not a bad team, but what are your what are your initial thoughts to this group? Lou, let me give me two seconds because I can hardwire myself in on the internet here and I'm going to do that. So give me one second. Okay. One second. Yeah, I literally, you can count down from 10 and by the time you're done, so it won't be dead air. Sure. I will be ready to go. Well, okay, I'll go. read, I'll read through the projected starters too. So for this recording, uh, let's come back to me. So for the projected starters in 2021, you'll have Jacob DeGrom. Uh, followed by Marcus Stroman in a contract year. Obviously met the qualifying offer, so we'll see if he gets extended to a longer term uh, stay with the New York Mets. Then followed by Taewon Walker, who would be at the third spot. Pretty solid guy who who knows his role in the three to four spot. Uh, and then things get a little fuzzy rounding out the end of the rotation. Ken, I'm just playing my best filling up time here. Uh, the fourth spot, you look for David Peterson trying to bounce back from his second year in the league, followed by Joey Lucchese. Uh, and then obviously you got to figure out where Carlos Carrasco fits in now that his hamstring injury has uh, come about in recent news. And then obviously whenever Noah Syndergaard returns back in uh, or what is projected to be June. So, Ken, you're hardwired in the Internet. I don't see you moving. So maybe we'll get you back here. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Okay. Yeah. So we're back now. Uh, so there's your starting lineup projections and the starters. To sum up who's going to be on the bench, you got just a plethora of guys who can play across the outfield, which I feel like is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of them of the starting quality, but that's okay. And then you got a couple of guys for the infield that could basically play second, third, shortstop, and I'm assuming they could probably – uh, moonlight on first base too. So yeah, right, I, pretty right. good, pretty good shape. Depth is there. What are your thoughts on the starting lineup? What What are your big gripes? It seems like this is, this is a pretty good hand pull if you're going to be starting next season. Yeah. I Lou, I don't have a lot of gripes. Um, and I also am, am I will, I, you know what? I'm just going to totally admit it. I, the, the Islanders just came back from a three goal deficit in the third period. So that's cool. So you're excited. Um, yes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm buzzing a little bit on the inside. I got a little, I got a little internal buzz. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a lot of gripes. I don't, because I think it's a good lineup. 
right. I don't think you can take anything away from that lineup and say like, ooh, there's a weak spot in that lineup because there's not. I mean, from one to nine, even their even their pitchers hit pretty well, right? I mean, we know that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think there's a, a major gripe, air quotes, to have about the lineup. I think the only problem is that, like I said before, you are making a lot of assumptions. You are making a lot of bets. You are making a lot of um, hopeful, hopeful, hopeful plays. And I don't yeah. think they're wrong. You know, I don't think there is Pete Alonzo hitting 50 home runs every year. Probably not. But is he a 30 home run guy, 35 home run guy? Yeah. Yeah. And he had yeah. a hard time getting started in a shorted, a shortened season and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's a guy who also like, I find this to be very strange, but he's a guy who also like, I believe genuinely needs people in the stands to enjoy himself. You know what I mean? I can see um, that. So he, he might've just had a rough year all the way around last year. And so a lot of people did, it was hard to get started. It was a weird year. It probably is going to be just a little bit less weird this year, but still strange. So, no, no gripe. And uh, the only thing, and, and this will be kind of where I, you know, differ from a lot of Mets fans. And I, I don't, you know, my first point might not be so different, but my second one is going to be. And my first one is that I don't believe um, Brandon Nimmo is an everyday player. I don't, I think he's a very high quality fourth outfielder. I think he's a very high quality uh, nine hitter in an everyday lineup. Um, the problem is he's the only Met who can play center field uh, with a little bit of competency and also hit. And I don't find him to be particularly good at any of those things. He definitely isn't good defensively. Everybody knows that. That's why they went out and signed Kevin Pillar and uh, Almora right yeah. to play center field in the late innings when, when Nimmo is just a liability. Um, he draws a lot of walks. He's fine offensively, but to me, he's not an everyday player. I, I hope I'm wrong. Cause he's a fun guy. Sure. He smiles a lot and he runs to first base when he walks. And I'm sure that makes a lot of people very happy. Sure. I hope that he can develop into an everyday player. But to me, just to keep liking it back to the show, which we like to do because it's a very easy way to like, just kind of visually identify some things that we're talking about. Brandon Nimmo is the guy with a potential who never really gets good and just keeps getting traded over yeah. and over and over again in the show. Um, and to be honest, I feel like he's that way in real life too. Like, I think they have him very properly rated as like a good prospect who never really pans out. Cause I don't think his ceiling is much higher than what he is right now. Um, so we'll see. That's my first gripe. And my second, and this is, I know where I will run into trouble with Mets fans across the, you know, the, across the nation and probably the globe. I don't think Jeff McNeil is an everyday player either. Um, and I know that's a hot take. I know he, you know, obviously in his, uh, first season, first full-time season, he was really, really good. Uh, last year, he was fine. Um, you know, I get he's the squirrel. You know, he hustles. He does his thing. Hustle is good. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, people who hustle, players who hustle are, you know, good players. And, you know, that's good to have on your team, especially um, for just, like, morale and stuff. They're probably good in the room and good on the bench, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I like to say... 
players who hustle hustle because they can't do the things that star players do. Right. Um, Brandon Nimmo runs to first base when he walks because he really doesn't hit a lot. So he's got to run when he can, right? Like it is uh, like those types of things that I don't think Jeff McNeil is an everyday player. I think he's a fine fifth out a fifth, you know, six man off the bench. If we're talking NBA, right. Um, he's a cool guy to have around the team. He seems fun. He seems like, you know, he can hit, he's got some pop. He can definitely hit for contact. You know, he's not a defensive liability, but he's not a defensive superstar at any single one of his positions that he plays. He's a Jeff McEwing, which is cool to have on your team, a Joe McEwing, which is cool because you need that guy, right? You need that guy who can play left field, right field, third base, second base, wherever, you know, he can just play if you need him to play. And he's the guy who can do that. I don't think Joe McEwing is an everyday player. I don't think Jeff McNeil is an everyday player. Those are the two glaring holes I see in the Mets lineup. Um, the two places where I think they can mostly improve. I don't think a lot of people would disagree that their center field situation could improve by a lot. Um, the problem is if, if anybody hits the ball into left center field, it's going to be a circus just is just going to be a circus because Dom Smith notably is not good defensively. He's trying his best to play wherever they say he's got to play. Um, and that's left field right now. Uh, and Brandon Nimmo notably is bad defensively in center field. So those are the two things I would say uh, interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Don Smith, not a big glove guy. Uh, <laughs> you hit the ball in the head and it, it, there's not a good balance from my perspective on the expectations of players and where they should excel. And then where they can kind of take a little bit of a, a break on. So you got guys like Conforto and Alonzo, Mm-hmm. Um, they're expected to be mainly pole power hitters, not so much contact guys. Like there's a reason why the, those who hit the most home runs usually strike out the most. Cause like your interests are aligned towards hitting the ball out of the ballpark as opposed to putting the ball in play. Right. It takes a very rare person to be able to be good at both to put the ball in play and then also to hit for the fences. So, and this has been like one of the Mets problems all like for, tales all this time is that you got these guys that are supposed to be home run hitters and it's all fine and good when everyone's hitting but the minute slumps start spreading through the team we we all of a sudden look to those guys and and expect for them to start putting the ball in play right that was never their their reason and obviously you have francisco lindor which is a talent that if you were to like put on a spectrum of like him and Cespedes, like Lindor is exponentially better than Cespedes. So this is this yes. is a rare infusion of talent that the Mets have not seen, maybe since the likes of prime David Wright or Carlos Beltran hitting forty home runs. I, you could count prime. You could you could count prime Jose Reyes in there too. Yeah, like we have not seen somebody like that. I think the RBI and the Lindor definitely has the the biggest swings potentially like could possibly hit just 20 home runs, but then also hit like 330 and knock in 130 RBI. So like that, that will, I would assume play a lot into this success because if Nimbo is just walking and getting on base and then Lindor is having a, you know, a contract year going into what could possibly be a massive deal. And then you got Conforto, Alonzo, Dom Smith, just, you know, pulling the ball, raking it in, then I think that's fine. I just get concerned whenever there is, the potential of a slump 
that goes across the team because the guys who are not supposed to be contact hitters get looked at and blamed for not hitting. And you're like, they're doing their job and this is what they're here in the lineup for. So yeah, I would agree with I, all I'll that. say this, I, Lou, I, I, I agree with you heavily. And I'd say the Mets are not going to win by hitting solo home runs. They're going to need to hit two and three run home runs. Yeah. They're going to need Brandon Nimmo on base. They're going to need Jeff McNeil on base. They're going to need extra base hits from Conforto. They're going to need base hits from JD Davis doubles from JD Davis and then let the big boys do their job, right? Let Alonzo do his job. Let Conforto do his job. Let Lindor do his job. That's, you know, they're going to need extra base hits, and they're going to need they're going to need multi-run homer, uh, multi-run home runs. I mean, this team is built around walking and hitting home runs, and that's yeah. fine, right? I mean, they're not going to single. Nobody on this team is built to, you know, chop one over the head of the first baseman, right? Like, that's not the idea. The idea yeah. is to hit it over the, the into the Coca-Cola corner or whatever the hell it is this year, right? So, exactly. like, you know, that's got to be the plan. Yeah. All right. Let's move into offseason moves. I'm going to go through the top 10 free agents as per dollar value of their contracts. Sure. $1.3 billion changed hands in free agency market. I don't know how that plays into previous Nothing. years, but I thought that was a preview. I thought that was a pretty interesting little tidbit here. Um, so let's not go into huge detail, just mainly because, you know, they're not really about the Mets, but uh, give me just like one sentence for each of them, like basically like a yay or nay, if you agree with the value, the fit, does this make sense with the team's strategy or sure. they have their head up their ass? Uh, we start off with George Springer going from Houston to Toronto, six-year deal, $150 million. Obviously, this hurts a lot because we thought he was coming to the Mets, but what do you think? You can you can loop this one in with the Brantley deal. I don't know if his if his money has him on that list, um, but Springer and, Springer and Brantley – obviously wanted to play together and i think that's the big that that's the biggest reason why he didn't end up in new york uh is springer wanted to play with brantley the blue jays had two spots and a lot of money and the mets did not have any room for another outfielder unless they were going to trade at dom smith or 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 michael conforto so uh they both wound up north of the border eh? and they're gonna you know uh be doing whatever the hell they're doing in toronto Ken, so sorry to burst your bubble but uh, I can look this up, but it says Brantley returned to Houston. Really? I thought he re- I thought he went to uh, thought he went to Toronto. No, he signed two years. Who deal. signed it? A uh, timeout. Who signed in Toronto? With, now I'm down. Now I sound like a fool. Lou, I don't want to be a fool. Toronto. Uh, Blue yeah, Jays. Marcus, Marcus Simeon, who's a shortstop, one from Oakland. Oh, Christ. But I think now, they might have missed big dummy. Yeah, I think they might have missed some guys. They got Chris Archer. You got Steven Matz. Let's keep going down the list. Maybe your name name will come to you. Uh, number two, the highest, the second highest free agent change was JT Rao. Uh, sorry, the second highest free agent contract was JT Rao Muto. Catcher remains in Philadelphia. Five-year deal, $115 million. Obviously, this was the bell of the ball as far as catchers go. The Mets were looking at him and obviously settled on James McCann. What do you think about Real Muto? I think he's the best catcher in the game. So I yeah. think you pay him what he's worth totally yeah. fine by me you know that's fine whatever i forgot what philly gave up for real muto but if you give up some sort of assets you're, you're expecting to keep him so i'm on board with that next up we got trevor bauer your slightly uh racist uncle that went from ah, cincinnati okay. to the dodgers <laughs> can i call a timeout on myself here sure really quick just sure. to just to get me off lou i'm on the hook now okay people are gonna make fun of me for this so I need to I need to clear my name. So this is from January 20th. Okay, 
though the athletic and the athletic MLB network and several other outlets have all reported a deal is in place for Brantley to go to the blue Jays, a blue Jays official now refutes that report. So, you know, what do you want from me? I hear that it happened and uh, you know, I lock it in, you know, I put it in the safe. So now I take that, right. I take the fact that Brantley didn't go to the blue Jays and I get even angrier about the fact that George Springer is not on the New York Mets because now there's no plausible excuse in my head not to pay that man. So, yeah, sorry. Well, let's keep you angry. Trevor Bauer, who we thought was going to be a Met. And then you can read the, the you can read the receipts, buddy. Nobody wanted them. Yeah. So three years, $102 million obviously coming off of a Cy Young winning season. Just pure insanity. The Dodgers a are clown. Imagine paying pay- a party clown $30 million to yeah. come stick his big dumb shoes in your wife's face. The guy is good, but you know, when you already have a team full of all-stars and you're coming off a world series win, it just, I guess that's where baseball is heading. So well, let us continue. You got a couple of guys who remained in the same place. DJ LeMahieu, second baseman for the Yankees stays there. Six years, $90 million. Yep. I feel like this is a good move for the Yanks. Uh, oh, Marcel yeah. Ozuna, after going from Miami to Atlanta, stays in Atlanta for four years, $65 million. It's a pretty good Underrated. Lineup. One of the most underrated players in the league, Lou. Yeah, guy's got a lot of pop. Liam yeah. Hendricks, who some say is the best reliever in baseball, goes from Oakland to Chicago on a three-year, $54 million deal, which staples a, a, a Chicago bullpen that potentially could ascend from worst one of the worst teams in baseball a couple of years ago to division champs with the group they have and, and yeah. the youth and talent they have now and just the lukewarm al central so that could possibly get interesting and i think paying a reliever 18 i'm not i don't even think he's going to be the closer but paying a reliever 18 million dollars to bolster that seems like a pretty definite i'm putting the flag in the ground here yeah i mean the the, the white Sox were a uh were notably <sighs> Notably turning the corner last last year. Um, and, you know, I now living not in the throes of Long Island have had the honor of meeting many a different fan, right, from different, you know, um, in my favorite. But the only reason you go back to talk to those people is if they're as self-loathing as you are. You don't want to talk to people who are overly confident about their team all the time. They're no fun to be around and in all honesty, probably pretty stupid. So you want to be around a self-loathing fan, even if they're like a Patriots fan, you want them to be like, we suck. We, we, we're terrible. That's what you want in a friend. You want them to know how shitty everything they like is because that's what makes a good fan. Anyway, so I've had the honor of meeting from some Chicago uh, White Sox fans over the last couple of years. And, and I will say, like, it has been notable how aggressive their corner turn is. Um, I would liken it a lot to the, the Padres, except they don't want to spend any money. Um, they're a yeah. team, you know, you, you mentioned like $18 million on, on Liam Hendricks. That's that's big. That's big money, right, for a reliever. But and then you look across the way at a team like the Padres, who's going through a very similar transformation, albeit a little bit quicker and maybe with a lot more talent. Um, They're also willing to spend a boatload of cash and make that work on their side as well. And it it looks like they're going to have like three or four Cy Young candidates in their rotation this year, which is going to be bananas. So, holy jeepers, (laughs) that sounded wild. Sorry about Um, that. No, it's okay. I mean, relax, Hulk. You know, chill out. That podcast is next. I got excited. You were like Cy Young candidates, and I was like, well, I want to read them to Ken. But yeah, Ken, to your point, you got Gioita, you got Dallas Keuchel, Lance Lynn. You got a bunch of adults that have been there, done that. Uh, And 
I think we forget as Met fans that you just really need three guys that get the job done and the two guys that, you know, go 500 or so. Yeah. Uh, the lineup is cream of the crop. Multiple players here. Kind of reminds me of the Mets a little bit where you have some established guys and you yeah, have some very guys similar. that can... Yeah, like Jose Abreu, I would I would link into Pete Alonso. Like guy's gonna hit for power, but if he if he does great, amazing. If he does average, you're like he's gonna probably still hit 20 power home runs. But yeah, I would agree to your point. Chicago is definitely a team to watch, and if you can spend the money on hard pieces of the puzzle like relievers, then yeah, go for it. So Lou, here's what I'd say from that. Maybe let's let's jump, um, because that that was a pretty good overview of of I think the league as a whole. Yeah. Why don't we jump into uh, some prediction-based uh, hot takes to end the show? Why don't you give me your, you know, your AL, NL MVP, um, your Cy Young, and then your and then your uh, World Series contender from each uh, from each conference? Okay. Or uh, elite, I suppose. Yeah. Before we even started the show, I was gonna uh, tease you with this, and Rookie of the Year is crazy. You don't. No one sees oh, no. it coming. No. You don't. No one follows. <laughs> At and all. I'm going to write this down, Lou. I'm going to hold you accountable, okay? Okay, we'll make a graphic we'll put on the Instagram so we all cause also can revisit this too. But uh, how much does it pain you that uh, – I'm pulling this from Overtime Heroics – that uh, Jared uh, Klenick is projected to possibly be a Rookie of the Year candidate, former yeah, Mets I prospect. Actually, it's, a tough, I actually, it's a tough look. Yeah, it is. And it was definitely like – uh, in hindsight, right? Not a great trade. Uh, and also uh, in foresight, when it was made, every, uh, there were a lot of people who were pretty skeptical of it working out in the long term anyway. Well, there's your but I would say, replacement right there. Right, right, exactly. I would say, here's the thing. As a longtime Islanders fan, as a longtime Mets fan, I am at this time in my life, at 27 years old, the ripe age of 27, I am tired of prospects. If you can trade a Jared Kalenic for an Edwin Diaz and a Robinson Cano, I would do it probably nine out of 10 times. Yeah. I just would at this point in my life, because here's the thing. I don't have to pay any of these clowns. Okay. I don't have to worry about their PEDs. I don't have to worry about what they're doing on the weekends. I just watch them every night at seven o'clock on my TV. I don't care about the 16 year old who might be a good center fielder one day. I, I mean, we, geez, we could talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder until we, uh, until I turn blue in the face. They had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. Right. Come on, and we're now they to, have we're trying to wrap this up. And they they have 150 first round picks, Lou, and they're all like, "Wow, this is great." Yeah, yeah, it's only great if you wind up with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. And if you don't, you you screwed the pooch. So yeah. trade your prospects every time. And guess what? At every draft. The league is so nice that they give you brand new draft picks every year. So yeah. trade them. Who cares? Getting right, back every Luke, year. All right. Cy Young, uh, AL, I really don't have a clear candidate here. Um, okay. Well, so, I'm going to need you to pick. Yeah, I got to hmm. – hold on. <laughs> uh, pictures, AL. Oh, dear. Did not do my research here. The NL I'm picking DeGrom. I think DeGrom got snipped last year. He's angry that – oh, you know who I'm picking for the AL? I'm I'm picking Garrett Cole. I think Garrett Cole bounces know. back from getting literally the brink trucks backed up into his driveway, getting paid. Yeah. And the Yankees, after their COVID season and coming back and, and plugging some, some baby holes and having – 
Um, I didn't mean like the holes of babies. I meant like small <laughs> gaps in the team. <laughs> Jesus. I think they get the ball going. I think Garrett Cole just dominates in a full year season. I think he's okay. an adult. He knows what it takes. Uh, and then for the NL, I say his uh, crosstown rival, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, you, DeGrom, you're saying the Cy Young belongs oh, in yeah. New York. I think DeGrom, okay. DeGrom is in the peak of his career. He clearly has a good handle on what he's doing right now. And I think he repeats that. And I think he wins the Cy Young. Jacob DeGrom is not a fluke. I think he is of the likes and tier of Clayton Kershaw. And I think we see that come to fruition. AL MVP, I'm always going to say Mike Trout until it's not Mike Trout. I'm with you, Lou. We can just go ahead and write. Are you not taking Mike Trout? No, I am. I am. Okay, yeah, me too. You just go ahead and put that name down. For the Uh, the next decade. We're going to pick Steve uh, uh, Steve Rogers from Captain America. (laughs) Uh, it's hard not to win the MVP when you hit for 300, you're on base yeah. all the time, you can steal bases, and you tend to hit home runs every so often. It's very good for yeah. the stat line, and it's hard to go against that. NL, I'm going to stick with Mookie Betts. But but if Lucas if um, Lucas Guillermo from the Mets continues to keep pulling 20-pitch <laughs> walks, then maybe those stats go crazy too. So who are your MVP candidates before we get into the World Series champ predictions? Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to be uh, – boy, do I want to pick Jake DeGrom, but I, I'm not going to. I'm going to go – For MVP? No, for, for Cy. I still have okay. a name my Cy Youngs, Lou. I'm going to go in the NL Cy Young uh, conversation. I'm going to say Blake Snell okay. uh, of the Padres comes away with it. I think um, he's going to be uh, very aggressively good, um, like annoyingly good yeah. uh, for for the Padres. Um, now that he's kind of let off his hook, you know, let off his, uh, let off his leash, I suppose is the thing. And then I'm going to go Shane Bieber over in the AL. I think he, he, uh, is very, very good. He strikes out a lot of people, which is good for Cy Young voting. Uh, and I think he plays for a bad team. So people will give him a lot of credit for winning his games. Uh, and, and if he keeps his, he keeps his ERA down and he keeps his strikeups up, strikeouts up. Uh, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, kind of like no, no offense to when Degrom won, but it's like when you don't get the wins in your column, uh, and you're still producing at a high level, I think voters are pretty um, uh, open, right? Pretty open to uh, voting for you uh, if you put, if you play for for an underdog. Yeah. MVP, MVP is interesting. I'm going uh, – well, obviously, I have Trout in the AL. Uh, and, Lou, I think the Padres are the bell of the ball. And I think Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm. is our 2021 MVP award winner. Uh, who did you have? Yeah, that's not a bad one at all. And I totally kind of forgot he existed. Cover boy for the show. <laughs> I picked oh, yeah. Mookie Betts because I think Mookie mm-hmm. Betts is – like, in that lineup, he's just going to be – similar liking of trout but you know what tatis is on the scene now he hasn't been here before and i think there's a lot behind him too so i'm on board with your pick i'll stay with mookie bets because i don't want to be i don't want to be a turncoat i hear you i'll stay with mookie bets all right Uh, fernando it's world series time big guy yeah Um, what do you think al nl we'll both do al and then we'll both do nl okay so the al i don't think the rays have it to repeat but i I really would not be surprised if the white Sox got to the world that's a good bet lou i will say this i wouldn't i if because there's 
no money here. Yeah. Uh, I would no say odds. that they're not my favorite pick. But yeah. if I were betting on a sports book, I'd put some I'd put some cash on the White Sox to to make it because they're going to have some good value. Yeah. They're going to have some real good value. But even if you look from the divisions, like the in the AL East, you're not. Are you picking the Yankees or Red Sox? I'm not picking the Red Sox. They're, okay. they're shit. So Yankees obviously could always be lingering around the Central. Uh, we just said the White Sox. Maybe I don't know who else comes out after that. And then the West, you have Angels. Um, so I mean, the Athletics, I guess, would be your your or, or the or the Astros, I suppose, if they have a bounce yeah. back. They're getting older. There's still guys there, but we can see. I think there's more promise to see from the NL. You could see the Mets. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Braves got there. Me neither. I think the Braves are like one trade away from like a starting pitcher that could win some games mid-year, and then things get really interesting because that lineup is dangerous. So so what's your what's your final answer here? AL World Series I say White uh, Sox. Team. White Sox for Lou, okay. Yeah. The NL, can. I'm saying let's go Mets. Wow. Let's go Mets. I think they pull it off. I think they really do. They're missing some pieces, but you know what? I think they got they got yeah. what it takes to at least be in the conversation. And that they're in my conversation. They are in my conversation. It's just so hard to bet against. Here's the thing is I want to pick the Padres because I'm yeah. a big Padres guy at the moment. But I think they have a little bit of concern getting through the Dodgers. And I think the same concern is for the Dodgers getting through the Padres. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to pick the Atlanta Braves out of the National League uh, to win, to, to make it to the World Series. I don't think it's a bad pick, my friend. And then in the American League, Lou, ready for this one? This one's a little off the board, but I like it. I like okay. it a lot. I'm taking the Minnesota Twins. Hmm. Taking the Minnesota Twins, who hopefully don't have to play the Yankees, in yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think I, I think they're a very solid team who quietly is going to work underneath the Chicago White Sox, who have all the storylines in the AL Central. Um, they get to play the Royals, the Indians, and the Tigers all year long. They're going to win a lot of games against those stupid teams. And I think... I think they're going to end up competing for that division. I think the White Sox end up winning it. Just, you know, just kind of shooting spaghetti at the wall here and seeing what sticks. But I think the twins find a way, um, you know, hopefully, like I said, you know, hopefully the thing is they don't have to play the Yankees in the, in the ALDS. Hopefully they don't have to play them in the, in the play in game. But I think, uh, I think the Twins kind of sneak their way quietly. Just very quiet team. White Sox get all the headlines. The Twins are winning games. The Yankees are winning games. They're getting all the headlines. You know, the Astros and the Athletics are battling it out in the in the in the West, right? And then the Twins just doing their thing quietly, deliciously, very good, young pitching staff. Mm, it's delicious. A lot of home runs. A lot, a lot of home runs. runs. They, Maybe they... Byron Buxton finally makes the leap and huh. becomes Maybe. a talent. Maybe, but, but probably not. But yeah. I'm taking the Twins and the Braves in the World Series, which is a gross World Series. So I hope mine doesn't come true. It does not do good for television rankings. No. But all right, let's wrap this up. We'll be back next week. 
Uh, as we get closer to the season, we'll talk a little bit about what we saw from spring training, who's doing well, who's not doing well. Maybe there's some updates regarding the Mets and across the league. Uh, but we'll catch you next week, guys. Thanks for listening to the Mets Exchange. And check out the other podcasts associated with the Corner Booth Network. We got ah, MC for is. Dummies and the traditional Corner Booth uh, Cornerstone, where it all began. You got anything else, Ken? That's all, baby. Rock and roll. We'll see you next time. All right. Let's go, Mets. Thank you, everyone.